it's time to bring you inside the Toronto Waterloo Innovation Corridor. Join host Todd Cooney and co-host Dean Mariani as they chat with CEOs, founders, and disruptors, some of the most influential people in this tech ecosystem. This is the Startups to Scale-Ups podcast. On today's episode of Startups to Scale-Ups, we sit down with co-founder of Mirage VR, James Jiang. Mirage VR is the best virtual reality experience center in Ontario. They allow you to transport into a world only possible in your imagination. So embark on an epic journey filled with adventure, wonder, and mystery. Enjoy the episode. Okay, and welcome to another episode of Startups to Scale-Ups. My name is Dean Mariani, and we are sitting here with co-founder James of Mirage VR. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah, awesome. So we're sitting in uh, 283 Duke. Um, what an exciting and, and interesting setup you guys have here. Why don't we just start off by giving us a general overview of, of you know who you guys are and, and what you guys do. Sure. Uh, my name is James, co-founder at Mirage VR. So at Mirage VR, we are creating the first like free roam, full body, out of home virtual reality experience. Uh, and essentially what makes our virtual reality experiences so different from everyone else is that um, we use free roam virtual reality, which means all of the players are in the same physical space. And instead of using controllers that they're holding on their hands, their body is the controller, which means, you know, um, it's super intuitive, it's super fun and everyone can enjoy it. So that means instead of, you know, clicking a button to move, they can just walk with their own feet they can interact with their own hands, and it's a really immersive group experience for everybody. So the standard kind of VR setup currently is is you have the controllers and you're pushing buttons and, and whatnot to, to do that. That's right. So, yes. so your your kind of competitive advantage is there's is are they sensors that, that you wear? What exactly oh, okay. do we see out there? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, all of our players they put on these trackers on their body. And what that lets us do is it lets us detect kind of where they're exactly what kind of motions they're making and where they're walking. And it lets us completely capture their, their body movements. And we're able to recreate that into virtual reality uh, and put that and basically map that into the virtual world. And the result of this is that, you know, you can actually become the character mm-hmm. uh, inside the game or the experience, whatever you're playing. That's awesome. So let's let's take it back a little bit. You're one of three co-founders. Yes. Um, why don't you kind of you know tell us about uh, the other two co-founders, kind of what your roles are, and a little bit about how you guys met. Sure. So the three of us met in university. Uh, it was first year, and we were all in the same program. So we were studying uh, computer science at the University of Waterloo, and we we're doing business at Laurier. So we we're we we're pretty like-minded individuals. We both had like a we want to do tech and business. Um, we didn't want to just be, you know, technical, but we also didn't want to just do business. Mm-hmm. We, kind of, we kind of liked the fact that we had that combination. So that's kind of how we met. And we really connected over, like, a lot of different topics, um, you know, gaming, like, just business. Like, we instantly connected. Um, so that was in the first year. Uh, and in terms of our roles, we – so at some point in the third year, we decided that we wanted to – you know, at that point, we worked at a few – companies like Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook. And we were like, we, ha- we had enough experience to really just feel like we wanted to start up. 
mm-hmm. uh, as, as much fun as, as it was to, you know, work at these reputable companies and um, really get, just get that, get a lot of money, I guess. Uh, For sure. But, you know, like inside us, I think we all had a drive where we wanted to actually make a bigger impact. Um, we wanted to do something that we were really, we're really passionate about, first of all, but also something that we know other people absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how we started. And in terms of our roles, um, uh, so my name is James. I'm, I'm doing content at Mirage VR. Uh, our other co-founder, Ray, he's in charge of tech. And yeah. lastly, uh, Chuang is in charge of like the business marketing side. And what does kind of the day-to-day look like for you guys? Like, what, you know, walk us through like what a day of, 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 you know, James looks like in, in Mirage VR. Yeah, um, it's uh, <laughs> day-to-day. Is, it's pretty, it really depends on what time because we're, we're doing so many different things at once. We're wearing many, many different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few categories. One category is we're managing the operators at the store, making mm-hmm. sure that, you know, they're, they're giving the best customer service they can to, to customers and they... They're doing all the checks. They're making all the operations run smoothly. There's no technical issues. Mm-hmm. Right? That's one one area. Uh, another area is constant. Just how do we grow the company? How do we open more stores? Where should we open more stores? Right? What's our strategy mm-hmm. uh, for the for like growth? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's there's also the marketing side, which is like how do we you know not like right now 85 percent of people have never tried virtual reality, right? Yeah. People walk through our doors like their first time doing it. Um, People don't just think to themselves, it's Friday night, I want to go out and play virtual reality. It's not like that in their head, right? You need to really educate them. Yeah. Uh, also, like, show them it's really fun and really get the word of mouth out there. So marketing is definitely one of the biggest areas we're working on. And the last thing we're doing is content. We are, uh, we've got to keep creating new content, really fun content that that is suitable for, like, an out-of-home format where you have a group of people coming in. You know, they're not they're not hardcore gamers. They're, they're more, like... They want to have a fun time. They're more like social, more outgoing. Um, so creating content for those people and really understand the market. And, yeah, that's and, huge, and, right? So that's those are really the, the main areas. Now, obviously, the VR space is, is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, well, first let me ask you this: like, was there always a passion for for gaming from you know the co-founders? Oh, absolutely. Or, like, absolutely. Like, why did you guys get into the space? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, not all the fa- not all the founders, but two out of three founders had had this passion so so growing up like take me through like you know <laughs> 10 years old what were you playing and then you know university what were you playing like sure. tell me a little bit about that sure so me personally um i i was i'm a huge gamer since a young age like since i was six i got my first computer i was like already, zelda are we talking zelda we're talking like before zelda it was oh, like gosh. it's like those 2d pixel games where you're, you're like, <laughs> yeah you're like i don't know you're like 8 bit. you mm-hmm. can't barely see what the character looks like yeah, it, that was like what I grew up with, and it was like super. You know, that was. I mean, my, my, my parents were pretty strict. They wanted me to like, you know, go to school and like get good grades and yeah, yeah. And contribute to society. But yeah, like I, I just wanted to play games as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like they would, they would only let me play for like an hour, but I would just try to play like three hours every day. That was like my, my childhood. And then as I got older, I, I started playing more seriously as well. Like I, in high school, um, in early university, I was actually playing pretty competitively. Yeah, semi-professionally as like a semi semi-professional pro gamer. Yeah, uh, for. Well, the game Defense of the Ancients 2 is like pretty popular even now. Mm-hmm. Dota 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that stopped. I kind of stopped playing once I started working on it. So th- that led to Mirage VR and like contributed a lot to why we want to create this. Yeah. Um, definitely there was that intrinsic passion since a young age. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the same for one of the other co-founders as well. He's he's not as hardcore as me into the gaming, but he he um he he also is really interested in like tech and just VR and just how cool 
new technology, like all the possibilities of new technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why don't you guys talk about uh, the tech side of it? So sure. um, the hardware versus the, the software and exactly what you guys are building. Yeah, so so tech isn't, uh, isn't an explicit focus for a company. We're not constantly iterating and trying to improve tech as in like actually working on it. Um, we are, we're working with a lot of just um, existing virtual reality technology. Um, but in terms of the actual tech that is needed, it is still quite technical. Like it's, you, you wouldn't expect someone to just be able to put this together, right? You would still need quite a, a deep technical knowledge to be able to assemble all the pieces and have them working together. So we're really putting the glue that puts all of this together into like, the, which lets the tech enable the actual experience. So the tech we're wearing, um, we're basically using virtual reality backpacks. Um, they're basically full gaming computers that are in the form of a backpack that the players are uh, are wearing when they're in the experience. And that powers the, the entire experience that they're going through, uh, that they're seeing in their, you know, in, inside the experience. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so you guys started out in Velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that experience and, and how important that was for you guys getting started. And what was it like being, you know, you know, a VR kind of company in there? Like, did you, were you guys, was everyone just, you know, fleeing to your station to, to you know, to try it out and, 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 and get the experience or? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we first started, VR was just like beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, most people actually didn't know about VR. So mm-hmm. they were just kind of like, I don't know what this is. But the people who did, like there were definitely people who were like, who saw us just testing our stuff and, you know, they were like, holy shit, what is, what is so, this looks so cool. Like, what is this? I, I must come in and try this thing, right? Yeah. Uh, there's definitely people like that. So I think most people fall under a category of either they don't know about this at all and they're just like, I don't know what this is. Or, or they instantly look at it and they're like, that's so cool. I must, yeah. I must try this. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty polarized. Like we wouldn't really get people in the middle who were like, eh, you know, I don't know what this is. Maybe I'll try and maybe I won't. It was pretty decisive. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So I, I, I had the opportunity to just try it out, which was pretty cool. Right. Um, and, it, and it's crazy. As soon as you put that headset on, like you are in, you are in that world. Completely. Like um, it's, yeah. Like where is the, the, the technology going in terms of, you know, we talked about earlier, it's almost a comparison of, of PlayStation 1 versus, are they, at, is it PlayStation 4 they're out with now? They're like, I think is it five? Or four? Four? I think five might be out. Anyways, you, like, you see obviously how that progressed over time. Um, where, where do you see the VR? Like, how, how do you see that happening? Like right now, I think we're in a phase that's pretty similar to the iPhone mm-hmm. when it first came out. Back when, you know, everyone was still using the flip phones like Nokia, Blackberry, like the, you know, business-like phones. Um, if you know about anything about the history of iPhones, uh, the way it started was the first iterate, I think, I believe the first two years, nobody really like knew much about it. They kind of just like, you know, they were like, we're doing this iPhone thing. It's, it's touch phones. It's super cool, intuitive. And people were like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, why, why I would do that. Right. But then basically at a certain point when it, when, you know, they really refined it to a point where it's really usable. It's like everyone is really intuitive and the apps started showing up. There's like more apps in the app store. And once the ecosystem just kind of took off, there was like no going back, right? Just mm-hmm. like hockey stick growth, like you said earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think VR is going through a similar thing right now. Um, when it first came out, like to be honest here, it wasn't like a, a massive adoption, right? It wasn't. It wasn't like the first iteration of VR came out, and everyone and now everyone has VR. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Like look at history. Um, but I do think that um, it will happen in probably. 
two years, two to three years, I believe, because right now the, the main issues in VR is that there's a lot of just like um, user interface issues, UX things that need to be fleshed out. Like how do we give a good, how do we, how do we design a user interface to be super intuitive? How do we cut the cost? This is too, you know, it's too expensive right now. There's hundreds of dollars to like um, just try out some good VR and, um, and, and, and the ecosystem isn't really there yet for content as well, but all yeah. that will, I will, like anything else, right? Itself. Over time, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, but and, I think I think the true people who are um, the smart ones are kind of investing right now in VR. It's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like an investment, you know? Like absolutely, you just wait, you you know it's going to happen. It might not happen in like one year. It might be two year, maybe two three years, but it will happen. So, in your opinion, mm-hmm. aside from gaming, like what are some other big applications maybe that people aren't even thinking about yet? Um, there's there's many actually applications uh, even before. VR came out, I took off as kind of a gaming thing. Um, it was used a lot in training, mm-hmm. simulation. So mm-hmm. that's one of the best applications of VR because, because it's so immersive and it's so, you know, when you're in there, you really think, you really feel like you're inside like a different environment, right? So, you know, the military has been using VR since like probably decades ago. Um, wow. So that's, and now, and now it's becoming more commercialized so at hospitals, you know, training, training for hospitals, uh, a lot of different areas are, are using it for training um other applications probably like construction you know real estate like how do i sh- see it view a house without having to go to a house uh, mm-hmm. construction how do i just like like kind of imagine and see the the building i'm about to create before i create it yeah anything that's kind of like or architecture right like how yeah. do i see my furniture before i buy it yeah so anything that's kind of like i want to anything that requires immersion and like visualization and, and the vision like, yeah yeah yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And so um, you guys were at UW, uh, started this business. Um, was it kind of imperative for you guys to stay in KW or like, like what was the reason for, for staying here? So, so when we first started this business, it was, it was so early on and we had to, there was a lot of areas of the business we had to flesh out. Like there was the marketing, there was the, you know, the operations and a bunch of different things. Uh, we, we kind of started off in KW because it was, close to where we were working out of, which was Velocity. And it was more of like a testing phase for us. We want to see if we, well, you know, we want to test a million different things, right? Like before we decided to really go all in and scale this, mm-hmm. we want to see like, hey, what's the market look like? Is there a demand for this, right? How yeah. easy it is to get people in? How much can we charge? Mm-hmm. How, how profitable is this business, right? Mm-hmm. What are the margins? And what is it like running <laughs> the operations for a virtual reality business? Because, you know, there's no guidebook. We don't just like, go online, Google, how to run a VR facility. And there's like step-by-step, step, right? We had to figure a lot of these things out. Yeah. So really our yeah. first location, we don't, we don't want, really want to consider even a location. It was more like a test. A test pilot, yeah. It was more like a pilot yeah. where we wanted to see the potential of the business and flesh out all the details. Yeah. But I, that said, I, now now we have fleshed out most of the, those details and we're growing like 40% every month in terms of revenue. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really, we're really hitting, I think at this point we've really hit and optimize a lot of these components uh, where we're really comfortable with just, you know, opening 10 stores this year. That's literally what we're doing. Actually. And was there like an, <laughs> was there like an aha moment where you guys said like, Oh, this is going to work. Like this is. Yeah. Um, I, I think the aha, aha moment was around um, October, November of last year when we've really felt like we've grasped all the different components that we needed to run this business successfully, mm-hmm. uh, as well as we all, we started seeing some massive growth every month where it was just like everybody started knowing about us. Like we would, t- we would talk to a random person. I would go into a restaurant, right? I would order lunch 
And then I would, and then they would be like, "Hey, where do you work?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Mirage View." And they're like, "Wait, is that Mirage View? I was there last weekend." And it, it just there was, I guess, it hit a point where everyone was just like telling all their friends about yeah, it. And yeah, marketing yeah. just kind of started spreading. The word kind of started spreading to everyone. And word of mouth is the best marketing, right? Yeah, man. And I guess that validation, along with, and obviously that was shown in the revenue of the company. And then internal, we also felt like, okay, like we we we've done enough testing and we've kind of seen enough ourselves to really understand what it takes to grow this business and at that yeah. point it was like all right we can do this we're gonna take this big we're gonna you know go go baby go home that's <laughs> awesome man so obviously you know perfect segue into you know your expansion so you guys are looking at uh mississauga and burlington was the other location yeah well, we're currently opening uh our mississauga and burlington location as we speak right now yeah um our co-founders are literally our other co-founders are literally there right now like just coordinating that uh, and uh, really, we are probably going to open five, six locations in uh, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And after that, we're going to move to the rest of Canada, like Vancouver. Like, yeah. You know, well, I mean, they're, they're, we're going to go for the big cities first, basically. They're, and they're, and what's, the, what's kind of like your five-year plan? Like, is it? The five-year plan is world domination, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking about five years. That's a pretty long period. So it's definitely world domination. We're after Canada. We're, we'll hit the States. We have some contacts in China that were that are really interested in, um, uh, like, really investing in us and just make, get, putting us there as well. Yeah. They, they came in to try our experience. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really, like, at this point, there's a lot of ways, different directions we can go. Um, we're just trying to strategize to see what's the best, uh, you know, but generally speaking, we're going to open quite a few corporate stores first and really flesh out the operations and, um, reduce most of the uncertainties, right? We want to mm-hmm. know that we can, we know how to operate a store in every single location, regardless of it's Canada, whether it's the U S versus Vancouver, Toronto, Quebec. Right? Mm-hmm. And once we have, once we f- get to a point where we think, where it's kind of like we have, we have the book, the, the manual for how to run a Mirage VR, no matter where you go. Once we feel like it's like, it's all laid out, it's all figured out, we're definitely going to franchise this and kind of scale this up even more where we're just going to give someone like, hey, you want to run your own Mirage VR? Here's a turnkey package. Here's a turnkey package. Yeah. This is extremely profitable. It's not that hard because we figured it all out for you already. Yeah. And at that point, it's, it's really going to be growing through other people. That's awesome. And so... Um, what is the formula like? Th- so these next two locations, I guess a lot of it is going to be kind of learning on the go, right? Like it's, it, you know, to have one location, that's obviously a, a task in itself. When you expand the way you are, um, are there certain things you can already foresee, you know, issues that you may have to, to look into or? Well, absolutely. Because right now we, like, like I said earlier, marketing is extremely important. Yeah. Since we're still at a point where 85% of people don't know what virtual reality is. So you got to build that awareness, got to educate them, but at the same time you got to also like market where so that looks really fun, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say in terms of uncertainties of each location, um, demographic uncertainties, right? Some some places are more rich than other places; they have more money to spend. Some places have more like corporations, more team building, mm-hmm. but less like residential, like people. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty confident because we kind of we're very diversified in a marketing approach. We have like team building, we have birthday parties, we have like bachelor parties, field yeah. trips, schools, like, you know, like just, you're, you're hitting all the buckets. Yeah. So we just, we just have that kind of pick, like we have to adjust the weight of each bucket, depending on where we go. That's, that's generally what we're, uh, what we're expecting. I could be wrong though. When we do it, maybe some new thing will pop up, but right now. I feel and what like about in this market? Like what's, what's the big one? Is, is it a lot of team building events? Is it, is it weekend, uh, 
you know, a group of guys coming in after work. What, what, what are you guys seeing in this market? So for Kitchener, we have the biggest ones are birthday party, team building, and just a group of friends. Mm. Those are the, the top, the big three. Um, on Saturdays, we're pretty much booked out 100% of times. Um, and those are usually birthday parties and just a group of friends. And on weekdays, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, these, this is usually when we have team building corporations come in. because, uh, and, and that's kind of how we're optimizing the, the load of our, uh, of our company right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, may, it may be the case that, say, we open an next location, there will be less team building. There's more groups of friends, and we just have to adjust our accordingly yeah that's awesome so we always try to on every episode give some advice to the startups uh that are you know either sitting in community tech and velocity or the accelerator center right um what what would be your piece of advice you'd give to to someone just starting out growing a business um you know being an entrepreneur like what what's what's your advice you'd, you'd give to them the most important advice i would say is that i know because i know most entrepreneurs they're they kind of like they're very like they usually still have a lot of passion and they have this idea they already have like kind of in their head. They're usually like, oh, I already have, I'm going to make this, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. the most amazing thing, so I'm just going to make it. Yeah. And that's usually most entrepreneurs. I would say that you want you want to really test your ideas. Yeah. Because um, really, at the end of the day, no matter how cool you think your idea is, if the market says... The market will... Then the market doesn't lie, right? They'll, <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah. tell you if it's good or not. Yeah, they're not going to pay even 10 bucks for it. Sorry, man, but your idea is not... Yeah, like I don't want to. Yeah, it's just you know, you might have to switch. You might have to pivot. Yeah. That, that's not to say like you can't make it work, but you might have to like change something, right? Maybe yeah. change the market, change, try somebody else, target someone else with it. Really, so really, I would say you want to test the market as fast as possible and get signs before you continue because it's it's just, it's just really risky to just make something without without like really doing that test. And and I know it's funny because I'm, I'm saying this because. For us, we really started this project as like a passion thing. Yeah, like a lot. Like we, we didn't say like, oh, we think VR makes so much money. Right? Yeah, there's a freaking yeah, yeah. money like yeah, cow yeah. money cow machine. It's we did we weren't like that when we started. We started this because we were like super immersed in the VR. We're gamers ourselves. We think this is like you know the most amazing thing ever. But we did. However, that being said, we did make a prototype in like three months. We did test that velocity. We ran at events. We went to like ten events in like the first three months or something. Mm-hmm. And we like just tried charging people different amounts of money. We tested like first ten dollars, yeah, fifteen dollars and twenty, and now we're at thirty-five, right? Yeah. So there was like clearly like okay, people are willing to pay thirty-five dollars for this. Yeah. There is demand, right? And that's that really is you really need to know that before can before really like continue uh, scaling up the unlocking your idea because yeah. it affects so many different things. And and it must be very important to be flexible yeah. and not be stubborn and set in your ways, right? Obviously, if the market is telling you something, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to take in that information and and and. And, and and pivot or what you know whatever kind of word you want to use yeah um, yeah but that's also really important too right and just not being set in your ways and nope this is going to work and i'm going to stick to it until you know <laughs> well, until well it's it interesting because you, you you need persistence though right like as yeah. an entrepreneur you yeah. kind of have to be a little bit stubbornly persistent where you're like no i'm going to do this right even if your friends are telling you dude, dude why are you doing that you know like it's just like it, it's it's not like an easy path, right? It's not yeah. like the, the normal path. So you definitely need to have a, like a certain level of like persistence and like confidence that you're going to make things work. Yeah. But that being said, you also need that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's hard, it's hard to answer that question. You need, it's, you it's need a balance, balance, right? Yeah. You need absolutely. balance. Absolutely. So obviously just talking to you, you know, you can tell the passion that you have for, for your business and, and, and what you're doing here. Right. How important is that um, for an entrepreneur 
uh, or for anyone in any kind of job to have that pal- that that passion. You know, every day you get up, you know, you you love what you do, and you know you're excited to to tackle the the task at hand, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the passion is definitely really important, especially when you're doing your own thing, because you don't you don't have a boss, right? You are your own boss. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you stand, wake up one day and you decide I'm gonna not go to work. It's very easy to just do that, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the easy default. You don't even have to tell someone mm. people that that actually you might just be like makes might just say something. But I mean, like, so so if you really, but at the same time, you know, like everything you do does have like exponentially more impact. And say if you're working at like a big corporation, that's just kind of like a small piece of the, to yeah. the whole puzzle, right? Yeah. So you definitely want to be passionate because at the end of the day, I, I think that my personal philosophy is for you know doing a startup or your own company. You want to it needs almost half the time feel like it's fun like you want to do it mm-hmm. you almost you almost want to wake up and be like okay i i, I do i need to go to work and i'm going to like make this thing because mm-hmm. I, I want to right mm-hmm. not because someone told me i have to make this but i actually want to make this thing that's really important at the same time though it's not something that you have every single day like mm-hmm. like it's, it's not like you you basically even though it's like like a, you're really passionate about it you love creating you know you love doing what you're doing you love building your company you're never gonna have you're gonna have bad days, right? There's gonna be some days where you just wake up and you're like, man, I just stayed till like twelve, uh, you know, a.m. last night. Yeah. I just want to like chill for like half a day. Yeah, like it's not it's not that every single day you're gonna always have the energy. You, yeah. you do have bad days as well. Mm-hmm. But I would say generally, like on average, we're really passionate and we're like really full of drive and ready to just like keep growing the business. I feel like our generation, <laughs> uh, the idea of being an entrepreneur is really romanticized right now. It, right? it and, and people don't understand, you know, what the actual day to day looks like. It's definitely right? romanticized, though. Like, like you said, like, um, you know, when you when you're working <laughs> till two in the morning, then you got to wake up, you know, after a couple hours of sleep and, and, and keep getting right after it. Like that is that's the grind, right? That's the grind. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's it's, awesome. It's definitely romanticized. Like I don't like all the Gary Vee and all those people. Oh, yeah, they're always like they're definitely like making it seem like this is something that it's like your destiny or then it's going to be amazing once you like become your own boss. But it's, it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is great, but it has its own problems. Like everything in life yeah. it has, this, there's, there's always another side to it. Right. Is, is Gary Vee an influence on you? Well, I mean, I'm just using him cause he's kind of one of the most yeah. well-known ones. I don't actually, I don't really watch him that much. Except oh, yeah. like, like some clips, of, some of his clips show up on my Facebook newsfeed now and then they kind of just watch it a little bit, but no, I don't really, to me personally, I don't really watch many of those motivational speaker type people because I feel like I don't really need it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm already pretty motivated. So I don't know. So, if I, want, I think I need to take a break sometimes. Actually, oh, 100. <laughs> I watch. I, I watch things about like, like just taking some time and just chilling. Those are the videos I'm watching right now, where it's like just you know you need to take some time to meditate and relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So, so when you do take that time and it's. You know, you've been grinding for days, weeks, whatever it is. Like, what are you doing to relax? Are you are you going out for for beers, or is it you know? Like, how do you, how do you kind of wind down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of um, close friends from when from before I started. Yeah, Ricky Raj, like from school and mm-hmm. whatever. So I usually just spend time with them, call them up, talk, you know, go out and go to a bar, have some drinks. Um, play some board games. I'm pretty nerdy, so like yeah, yeah. sometimes you play some board games. Where's your where's your go to spot in K dub to go out? Yeah, yeah. Like on K W we do a few things. I usually like to go uh Kenkaku for sushi. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that, that's like my, Incredible. my favorite place yeah, yeah, for yeah. sushi. So love it. And and when you when you're there you also can you can get some like drinks, right? You can get some sake, like yeah, soju, yeah. like 
some alcoholic drinks. Um, that would be like my go-to place. Uh, I mean, I also like just like, sometimes I, I like just like taking time to myself and just meditating as well. Like just like actually get passionate meditates. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so before we let you go, um, if, if people are interested in coming and, and, and trying out this experience, how can they do that? And, and why don't you give a quick plug about, uh, you know, how people can find you? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, if they want to try this experience, they can just go to our website and, you know, there's going to be a video explaining what it's like. There's like a, there's, it's going to show you what kind of packages are available as well as like a description of what each package includes. Um, and basically from there, they can just book an appointment with us. Uh, we do, we do require you to book an appointment because some people do try to walk in and they, there's no slot. Yeah. So yeah. They just can't play. And they get yeah. Kind yeah. Of, yeah of course. Yeah. So yeah, we don't we'll do walk-ins. Awesome. Okay, well, you know what? I appreciate you, you coming mm-hmm. on, and I'm looking forward to uh, world domination. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Startups to Scale-Ups podcast with CBRE's Office Corridor Group. If you know of an incredible founder or tech influencer that should be showcased on our podcast, you can reach us on Instagram at Office Corridor Group or email todd.cooney at cbre.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe for more episodes and leave a review.